The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke. If you like fried rice, wow, a lot of fried ricers out there. Raise your hand if you like fried rice. All right, good, because you're about to have some. Say, what are you talking about? Last Sunday morning, we had a guest, but because of the intensity of doing three services, I said, I'll preach the eight o'clock message and you do the 10 and 12. And he said, good. And so I did the eight o'clock message. And when I, when I preached the eight o'clock message, I was really stirred. There was only about 30 people that were here. And I thought, you know something? Fried rice. You're going to hear it again. So if you heard it once, you get to hear it again. If you didn't hear it before, brace yourself. Strong word, good word, encouraging word. Come on, his word is a lamp unto a feet, a light upon our path. Can you say hallelujah? All right, we do have notes for you. If you didn't get a copy of those, just raise your hand right now and they'll bring that to you. All right, praise God. Wonderful. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 1. Are you ready? Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Where did he enter? Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. Verse 5. For, quote, he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent his friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should even enter under my roof. Verse 7, therefore I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word. Everybody say that. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse 8, for I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes to, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Verse 10, final verse. And those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're going to do, Lord, in this service tonight. Come on, ask God to touch your heart. Come on, come hungry. Pull on the anointing. Pull on the presence of the Lord tonight. 
Come on, he'll touch you in direct proportion to the hunger. If you're apathetic, you're probably not going to get much. Come on, ask God to touch you. That You'd hear something that would change you forever. Lord, change us, God, by the preaching and the teaching of your word, by the anointing. In the name of Jesus, bring transformation to our hearts, our minds, even to our church. God, do what you love to do. Release living understanding that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. Amen. You may be seated. Faith is like a diamond, and there are many messages that you will hear on faith. And tonight's message is keys to releasing your faith. Keys to releasing your faith. There's no way in one message, in one service, you could preach a message that would be the message on faith because it's too dynamic and there's too many sides to it. But it's crucial that you understand about faith. And here's a great example of faith. Jesus marveled at this man's faith. Another version says that he was amazed. He's amazed at the centurion's faith. There's another time he's amazed. He's amazed at the unbelief of the people of Nazareth. Two times you'll see that he's amazed at people's faith once here, and another time at at the unbelief. Kind of shocking. Faith is vitally important to you. It's crucial. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. How many of you want to please Him? Right, if you don't have faith and you can't please God. So it's pretty crucial. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He is the... He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Another version says, He rewards those who diligently seek Him. As you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. Faith is a crucial aspect of that. Mark chapter 9 and verse 6 says, A man was in the crowd and he answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who's possessed with the spirit and robbed him of speech. And whenever he seizes him and throws him into the ground, he foams at the mouth and he gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit And they could not. In verse 19, Jesus says, Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? Bring me the boy. Faith. Faith is important. All things are possible. Everybody say that. All things are possible. How many are all things? It's all things. It's everything. All things are possible to them that believe. So faith... When I shared this illustration, I have a I have a Marlin forty five seventy. It's I think it's my favorite gun. I just I like it, and uh, I mean it's a nice gun. And um, I remember the first time my son shot it. I think you might have been maybe ten, nine, ten years old, and it turned him a little bit. I mean the thing's got some power. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I said we're gonna we're not gonna put it on your shoulder. He's like ah. Nine years old, pulls the trigger and it it turned him a little bit. Because that thing's got some power. Faith is like the trigger that releases the power of God. So if you never learn how to pull the trigger, you're not going to have any boom. Come on, on, somebody say boom. Faith releases the power of God. And Jesus rebukes his disciples many times. And uh, I'm thankful for God rebuking me. How many of you are thankful that God corrects <laughs> and rebukes? According to your faith may be done unto you. Now watch this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 
29 says, And he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith will it be done unto you. I don't like that scripture. But I've learned to embrace it because here's the thing. According to your faith, not according to my faith. He's saying according to your faith. So you ought to do a faith level check. I mean, how's your faith tonight? How's your faith? Because if you want the boom, if you want the the trigger to be pulled, you have to check your faith. You have to see where you're at. And Jesus said to him, according to your faith, that means my faith makes a difference in what happens in my life. It means your faith makes a difference. Now, we don't like that in this jack-in-the-box, McDonald's sort of generation, roll up and give me a happy meal, kind of I want it now, I want it right now, ding, microwave, kind of I don't have to do anything. A lot of people like that view of God, that he's some kind of a cosmic bellhop, but he is not a cosmic bellhop. He partners with you. And when you don't have faith, you don't have this relationship, this viable, abiding walk with God, you'll not see the boom. You'll not see the power of God released. You'll not see your life changed. I want to have my life changed continually. Been at it for 20 years. Amen. Just to hardly wait to see what he's going to do next week. What he's going to do next Sunday. Man, there's going to be a thousand people that show up and hundreds get saved. Come on, that's where we're at. Oh, this could be the night. This could be the night that everything changes for you. Look, we're not here playing some patty cake for Jesus. We're not here trying to ease some, you know, or, or religious conscious or something. Oh, well, at least I went to church. No, listen, you could change your life. You could change your life. Can you say amen? But it's going to require faith. According to your faith. So this is an oxymoron, this text of scripture, to learn faith from a centurion. He's a Roman soldier. So we learn faith from a Roman soldier. It's like, what? Roman soldiers were not a big righteous bunch of people. They were pretty rank. They were pretty wicked, most of them, as history records. Uh, But not this one. It's unusual. Faith is seen in his everyday life, if you'd fill it in your notes. What do you mean? He, He loved. You know that people have faith when they love, and they deny themselves, when they go out of their way to help other people. That's an example of faith in his everyday life. He loved his servant. Servants were considered slaves. I mean, they really were just like like a dog. I know that's horrible, and indeed, but that's not how he thought of his slave. He was worried about his, his servant dying. And it wasn't because he was going to lose money. There's, there's, there's faith seen in his everyday life. He's actually had, a, had a, a level of relationship with the elders of the Jews, so much so that they ran a message for him. They respected him. They cared for him. He was a giver. Though a Roman, he loved Israel and and the God of Israel. He feared God and he showed it through his giving, through his sacrifice. And thirdly, he was humble. He he, he says in in one of the other gospels, I believe it's Matthew's gospel, he he didn't even come to talk to Jesus. He didn't feel like that was worthy to be able to do that. Kind of amazing. He sent elders and friends. He was a humble man. The fourth thing is what gets me. He'd only heard about Jesus. Verse 3. In verse 3, he heard about Jesus. Listen, don't underestimate the power of your, of your testimony. What is a testimony? It's sharing what God has done in your life. 
where you used to be and where you are now. Somebody must have said something to the centurion because he had an idea that a Jesus is coming. It's like blind Bartimaeus. When blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was walking by, he cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. How did you hear about the Lord? How did you hear about what God is doing here at Casey? So you saw somebody, their countenance was changed. You looked at me, you knew they were really ugly before and now. <laughs> you didn't get that. You saw their face change. You saw their countenance change. You saw joy where there used to be depression. You saw healing where there used to be sickness. You saw something, and when you talked to them, they said, man, Jesus, I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm on fire. I read my Bible. God's great. I mean, it's amazing. So somebody told the centurion about our hero, about our master, about our savior, about my best friend. Hopefully about your best friend told him about Jesus. And he, when he found out, oh, Jesus can make the difference, he called. I don't think he ever saw Jesus do miracles. He only knew from the testimony. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your, your faith will grow as you hear testimonies, you hear the word. That's a gift of faith also, but that's a different a different message. What's interesting to me is how the centurion, if you would bring up verse 8 of that text, please. What's interesting is his faith is tied to his authority. His faith is tied to authority. Come on, everybody say it. Faith is tied to authority. Watch verse 8. Look at this now. He says, for I also and a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. What's interesting is it, it, he's relating to Jesus saying, I am also a man placed under authority. He actually has a revelation that the son is under the authority of the father in the earth. It's really pretty amazing. And he says, I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go. And he goes to this one, come. And he comes. He has a revelation of authority. There are many different uh, types of authority. We teach this in mentoring. Structural authority teaches you submission to God, to, to, to the Lord. Structural authority like employer. That's, a structure, that's some structural authority. Church is structural authority. Family. How many of you know that mom and dad? Amen. Was talking to, to a young lady today. Teenager. It was good to see her in church with her family. She asked me for prayer. She said, pray for my boyfriend. I said, how old are you? She told me how old you are, how old she was. She didn't tell me how old you are. That would be a word of knowledge or something if she told me how old you are. No, she, she told me how old she was. And I said, huh? I said, wow, that's pretty young to have a boyfriend. And I looked at, at mom. I said, uh, is, is your... your it's all good? You, 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 you're all right with that with boyfriends, mom? She's all, no. I uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> so, you know, I took a little bit of a risk. I haven't seen him. I hope they return. But I thought, this might be my one shot to save this girl from having a baby out of wedlock or going through the pain and suffering of that. And thank God that the Lord's brought many through that. But I mean, you know, it'd be great to, to have the full blessing of God. Can you say amen? Okay, so she's, she, she's there. She thought, oh, I have this boyfriend. I go, look, well, your mom just said that, that she's not down for that. 
And then they argue just a little bit. No, you said I could have it. No, I didn't. Yeah, I said, okay, stop. She's saying whatever she said before, whatever you understood. She's now saying no. So you're going you're gonna to respect your mom. I was, I was winning points with mom. I don't know if the girl will ever come back. And I began to tell her about how precious her life was and how significant she was. And I began to talk about what young youth boys think about and want to do. Okay, and it's nothing good usually. There are some exceptions. Come on, give me an amen, Pastor Alex. (laughs) I feel like I'm on thin ice, but I like that. I like being on thin ice because I can walk on water. Come on, Jesus, hallelujah. (laughs) How many of you know when you're walking on ice, you're walking on water? I mean, you know, I explained that we don't give, you know, 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds driver's licenses. You know why? Because they've got terrible judgment. And they will kill people on the road. And you know why? You know why there's an age of accountability? Because their brains aren't connected. Actually, the synapses in their minds aren't connected. They think it's hard to be 13 and know everything. But the synapses in their mind, they're not connecting. And so they think they got it going on, but really they're partially brain damaged in process. So I began to talk to her about authority. And I began to talk to her about the blessing of God. How many of you know in family there's authority? If you don't understand that structure, you will not have the full blessing of God. Honor your father and mother, have a long life. Dishonor mom and dad, have a short one. Now, the Bible says, Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father and mother, have a long life. But the opposite of that is true. It doesn't say that, but it's implied. If you want to have a short life, dishonor your mother and father. So I tried to help them out. This young girl started having a revelation of authority. Maybe they'll never come back, but maybe they will. You know, I mean, I'm just going to speak the truth. We're not in it here to make friends. We're in it to, to save people, to, to, to be the redeemed of the Lord, to teach and to preach righteousness and truth and to see lives walking, people walking in the blessing of God and overcoming their flesh and living for God with all their heart, their mind, their soul, and their strength. Listen, don't shrink back from speaking truth. Don't shrink back from sharing the truth with somebody. Don't be afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. I mean, love them. There's some people that just like going around hurting people. I'm not talking about that. The centurion's faith was tied to his authority. And your faith, your faith, everybody say my faith, is also tied to authority. Look at your notes. He was under authority. He exercised his authority. He recognized Jesus' authority. He understood that he had authority in the natural, and he understood that Jesus had authority in the spirit. All right, what's God saying to us tonight? Very simply, in application, will Jesus be amazed at your faith, or by our faith, or our unbelief? If you you put yourself under lovingly, thank you. The microscope of the Lord without condemnation. How's your faith level? How's your faith? Is he, is he blessed by your faith or is he look and say, come on, you can do it. 
Will he be amazed at our faith or will he be amazed at our unbelief? And as I said, two times in scripture, the Lord's amazed. Here and in Mark 6, I want you to turn there with me, please, and put this up on the screen. Mark chapter 6, verse 4. Jesus comes to his own hometown and can we back up? Let's go to, let's go to Mark 6, uh, 2. Okay. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And with what wisdom that has been given to him, and such mighty works are performed by his hand. Stop. Mighty works. So they're looking, and they're looking at Jesus and they're like, wow, snap, look at the miracles. I mean, they're just blown away. That's their perspective on what's taking place. They look and they're like, whoa, miracles, whoa, wisdom. Next verse. And they say in verse 3, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James? And it goes on to say, and aren't his sisters here with us? So they were offended. They were what? They were offended at him. Listen, offense will shut you down. Offense will shut down the power of God in your life. Offense will shut down the power of God in a room. Do you know Smith Wigglesworth, a great revivalist, he used to have miracle services and he would say, it's recorded of him saying this, there's unbelief in the room. Why don't you just leave? And he would try to drive out those who were in unbelief. And, and you'll notice that when Jesus comes, he always removes the scoffer and the mocker, and then he raises like the, the, the 12-year-old girl who sat up. And then they fed her. They scorned him. They laughed him to scorn, it says. He says to, about this girl who's dead, the parents are there, and the relatives are there, and, and they're all mourning, and they said, he says, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And they said, ha, 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 no way. They said, you can leave now. They all leaved, left, and they, they rose her. He rose her. Jesus, help me. He, <laughs> she rose from the dead. Offense, mental offense will shut down the power of God in your life. If you're offended over somebody, you're offended about a situation, you're offended over leadership, if you're offended, you will be suspended. You'll be held in like this animated state before you begin to slide backwards. Don't, listen, don't get offended. Somebody said, Well, I've been offended here. Well, welcome to the human race. <laughs> Jesus spoke words that offended. I don't like what he said. I know. I don't like some of the stuff he says either. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, he likes getting up in my business and telling me that I'm not living right because he loves me. Right. How many of you, I offended that young lady for a second. I think it might have melted away as I let my heart really be moved. As I begin to look her in the face and weep and tell her how I have seen lives destroyed, young lady. And you're really wet behind the ears still. No offense. 
But at your age, you don't know anything. Although you think you do, and that's a hard place to be. Right? It's hard to know everything at 12 and 13 years old. Was anybody else there besides me? I mean, I, when I was 15, dude, I just knew it. Huh? I, I mean, I just knew I was all that God's gift to the earth. I slicked my hair back. I could talk the talk, walk the walk, acted like, I, you know, I was, by the time I was 18, I was acting like I was 25, and I was dumber than a box of rocks, and I made decisions that are beyond stupid. I mean, like, I can't even, I can't even imagine doing, I mean, I can't even imagine it. And I would have people tell me, and I wasn't even in church, I'd have people tell me, you know, you, you're really not ready for that. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. Offense will shut down the power of God. They were offended. You put that scripture back up. You can always just leave it up unless it goes off by itself. Is this not the carpenter, Mary's son? And they're offended. We go to the next verse, verse 4. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work. What? Wait, I thought that he was doing mighty miracles. The mighty miracles they saw, that's their perspective. This is now God's perspective. This is now the perspective of Jesus. So Jesus is basically saying here, through the writer Mark, Peter's Emmanuelis, you can go study that later. He could do no mighty work there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. So their perspective is, whoo, man, look at the miracle meeting. His perspective is, I can't do anything. You guys are offended. Wow. How many of you know God's perspective and our perspective don't always line up? And verse 6, and he marveled. Another version says, and he was amazed because of their unbelief. Will Jesus be amazed at your unbelief? Will he marvel at your unbelief or will he be amazed at your, at your faith? So let's look at this for a moment. Their perceptions were very different as I talked about. Nazareth and now as he goes to Capernaum and he heals a centurion's servant. Capernaum, Jesus set up his base of operations. His apostolic training center was set up in Capernaum. But I think it could have been set up in Nazareth. Except Nazareth rejected it. Let me ask you this question. Will you allow God to set up his kingdom? Will you allow him to set that up in your life, in your family? Or will you reject his principles and let him set it up somewhere else? See, your perception on him, on his word, will determine much of whether you walk in the power of God or whether you walk far beneath your God-given, blood-bought ride. Can you say amen? amen? Their perceptions of Jesus limited. Isn't this, Jesus? did we change his short? Do you remember? I remember when Jesus, Jesus, a little baby, I changed his diaper. Did you change his diaper? Yeah, I remember this little, remember when you wipe his snot off his nose? Remember when he was teething? Little baby Jesus. Is this really him? It's him, then it couldn't be him. I've shared with you before that I came kind of out of a dark past. My parents raised me mostly right, although I didn't have Christ, and that's the key thing for a home. Then they got divorced, I got messed up, and I ended up making some really poor decisions. I basically crawled in our church many, many years ago, and I don't, when I say crawl, I mean, you know, really, there was some crawling going on. I got set free, 
And I got raised up in our church many years ago. Was a small group leader and God raised me up. I noticed something. I noticed that after God was, he had raised me up and you know, he's, all, he's raising all of us up if we just say yes. That process doesn't start. Hopefully it doesn't end as long as we continue to yield. Amen. Continue to obey. Continue to pass the test. Everything's a test. Then he'll elevate you. He'll elevate you. And then one day he'll elevate, elevate you and you'll be in heaven. Ruling and reigning with him. This is a test. You're just passing through. This is not the final show. You don't get a little harp and get to sing cute little songs with wings. Spring, spring. That's not how it goes. You'll be ruling and reigning with Christ, making decisions. New heaven, new earth. I don't really have a perspective of that, but I know that that's what the Bible says. But I found as I got elevated and raised up and more responsibility and Dr. Morocco using me to do different things, I had the opportunity to begin to pray for people. You know, in the altar like we do. And we'll probably do that tonight. And I noticed that I would pray for certain folks that nothing would happen. I mean, it's like laying hands on, on, on the pulpit. Nothing. It's like Jesus touched him. as like cold. Nothing. And then I would pray for the person next to them, and they'd get a miracle. I thought, that is so dramatic. Like, how is that? How many of you know that electricity has good conductors of electricity and there's bad conductors of electricity? Wood. Wood is a bad conductor of electricity. And there's some people, they were offended. They just saw me. I believe. Now, I didn't have conversations with them, but I felt like the Lord showed this to me. There were some people, to me, they they just saw me as the, the kid who crawled in. And who's this guy? He's just, dude, he's so jacked up. He, I mean, maybe he changed. I mean, you know, maybe he changed, whatever. They're, they're wood. So, you know, they might be standing there with their hands lifted to be in the place where they could receive a miracle. But when I lay hands on them, it's like, like hands on a birch tree. It's just... No, no, no transference, no release, no faith, nothing. Dr. Morocco come by, bam, miracle. And I used to think, well, one day I'll be like doctor. And then I actually started understanding as the Lord would tell me, actually, son, I've anointed you. It's just that they don't know it. And they think you're the same old guy that crawled in here all those years ago. And that's why I would see dramatic displays of God's power one moment and then lay my hands on a piece of wood the next. Perception. Your perceptions will either release the power of God or shut it down. Well, your faith is hindered or released by perceptions. Your perceptions will either release a miracle or not. You know, it's interesting when you look at Moses. Moses, he stretched, well, first of all, he had this rod. It was a shepherd's rod. He threw it down at the burning bush and it became a snake. And God was teaching him some stuff. And really, every time Moses used the rod, he put it in the Nile, boom, blood, right? Every time he used the rod of God, miracles. And then you find the first terrorists, it's the Amalekites, they attack. And if Moses could keep his hands up with the rod of God, they would, they'd be winning. But when his hands grew tired, they would lose. It's the, it's the only time in Scripture you see the rod of God going forth and there's no instant miracle. 
And I thought, how is that? How is that that all that stuff happens? Gnats and frogs and all the stuff, the Red Sea, hither and thither, King James. Oh, but now there's a battle and it's dependent upon what Moses does, whether his hands are, you know why that is? Is because God had to deal with people. Water doesn't have a choice. Come on. Frogs don't have a choice. You have a free will. And you have a choice of whether you're going to believe God or not. Your perception. Your perception. Colossians chapter 2, and put this up if you would please. And do uh, the NIV. Can you do Colossians 2, 8 in the NIV? See to it that no one takes you captive. How many of you know what a captive is? That's that takes you prisoner. So you could be you could be taken prisoner by somebody. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. Go to the New King James now. It is good too. Beware, lest anyone cheat you. Okay, bring you captive, cheat you. How many of you like being cheated? I don't want to be cheated. I can't stand being rolled. I can't stand being duped. I hate being hoodwinked. I hate being cheated. I don't like it. Amen. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through. How are they going to cheat you? Through philosophy. A very simple definition of philosophy is the way I see it. So what do philosophers do? They declare the way that they see it. Can you be brought captive? Can you be cheated through somebody's perception of or declaration of the way I see it? Oh, absolutely. The way I see it. Or empty deceit. According to the tradition of men. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. What Paul is saying to the Colossians is, hey, wake up. You're being cheated. You're being ripped off. There's people talking to you, telling you things that are not true. You're being brought captive. You're being hoodwinked. You're being bamboozled. Beware. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, watch out. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to tradition of men. You know, tradition will rob you. Basic principles of the world will rob you. And not according to Christ. Not a, Christ is the Greek for anointed one, is what that is. We, we just had a message, our, our anointed guest just last weekend talked about the anointing. I'm going to tell you, nothing's impossible. Nothing. Even death. God can bring back somebody even from death. Nothing is impossible. And you can be cheated. The living, new living version says, don't let others spoil your faith. Oh, I like that. 
New Living Translation, New Living. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies and with their wrong, shallow answers built on man's thoughts and ideas. Instead, on what Christ has said. Listen, God stands over his word to see it performed. And if you don't understand that, if you're not under the authority of God and seeing his word as his word, as the ultimate authority, then when you face impossibility, you will pack your bags and quit. You've got to understand that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You must come to a place in your faith where even if there's sickness or disease or you need a miracle, God can come through for you that there's nothing that's hopeless. Only people that have grown that way. Let me read this to you. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. And he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Oh, this is good. Verse 8. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Verse 9, as he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother will be put to death. Verse 11, but you say if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is Corbin, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father and mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and many such things you do. Jesus, of course, is God. And God in the book of Genesis said, let there be light. We still have it right now because he said it. Light didn't have a choice. There wasn't a board meeting of whether light should exist or not. Jesus said, let there be, boom, light. Because it doesn't have a choice. You, however, as well as myself, were made in God's image. So God who spoke and spun off planets and universes and just, then he made everything by his mighty word. All things are created through him and by him and held together by his word. That's what the Bible says. 100,000 light years just across our universe is one of 50 billion universes, just our universe, 100,000 light years. The amount of distance light can travel in 100,000 years, that's the distance of our Milky Way galaxy, one of 50 billion galaxies. Big. Big God. Mighty big God. And, he, and all of that, he said, let there be light, and he created the dark, and on and on and on, he created. And so when God speaks, it happens, except in this text... He says that you nullify the word of God. You see, through our human tradition and through the different things that we can put together, philosophy, vain vain deceit, we could spoil actually the power of God because we don't really understand that we're, are you following me today? And so the only one that can shut down the miracle power of God is you, me. We actually can nullify it. I'm using a microphone right now. Here we go. I'm going to turn it off for a second. 
when I turn it back on, you can hear me much better. Some of you have straight pulled the plug out of the power of God because of your because of the way that you think. Well, I don't know if that can happen because I just don't know about that. Uh, yank the plug. Come on, don't pull, don't pull the plug. Plug in. Oh, I'm going to bring it to a close here. Don't limit God by your perceptions. Don't do it. Faith is tied to your understanding authority. Faith is tied to your understanding of authority. Let me ask you this question. Do you respect authority? Do you respect authority? I had major authority problems when I first came into the house. Does anybody relate with that? I mean, when they take offerings, I'm like, whatever, dude. He's just ripping everybody off right now. That's what he's doing. Amen. I mean, I just thought, every, I just had problems. They asked me to do something and be like, no, nah, I don't feel like doing that. I so should have been spanked like way more when I was a kid. <laughs> with love, of course. Do you respect authority? Our society 40 years ago had a counterculture movement in the hippie movement in the 60s. And everything of that movement was to basically destroy cultural mores and to destroy that which is structural authority, to tear everything down. Sex and free love and all of that wasn't love either. And a respect and, and a loss of honor took place. I'm born in 1966. I don't know when you all are born, but part of what we're experiencing right now in our nation is because of the, what the enemy sowed in and the church didn't stand up and the destruction of the family and destruction of the home and the, the fatherlessness and, and all that took place has just really destroyed our nation. We've got to come back to an understanding of authority. We've got to come back to honor. We've got to honor one another. I'm so blessed that we have a culture of honor that's here, but I know that we can do better. We can honor each other better. And if we'll learn to do that, you know, God will release the next level of his power. Don't lose the understanding of authority. Don't lose the understanding of God's word and your position, your role in it. You determine whether you will see God's miracle power in your life or whether you shut it down. And that's why we've seen people come in and all the years I've been pastoring, you got somebody comes in and they're just so hungry for God, their life. I mean, they just need Jesus to help them. And they're just like, come in and they're like, what do, what do I do? Just tell me what to do. Well, you got to get saved or you got to receive G. Okay. And they get saved. And they're right back in the next service we have. They're right there. They're calling people. They're connecting. How do I do this? I've got this problem. What do I do? The word of God says this. The word of God says that. They go, awesome. And they take it and they begin to apply the word. And then in a very short time, you have a very a baby Christian that becomes mature, even more mature than somebody who's been in church for 20 years. Because the person who's been in 20 years is like a goat. They can be. They can be. If you've been in church 20 years like me, you're not a goat. Amen. I'm saying you can be. You're kind of saying, I don't know about that. Well, I don't really want to do that. But, but, but. You, you need to learn to say yes. You need to learn to serve. Yes. Now, doesn't that sound sweeter than but? 
Doesn't it? Yes. Doesn't that sound sweeter? Sounds nicer, doesn't it? Come on, try it. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. I do a great cow also. And I'm learning, I'm learning to do chicken noises. My wife is extremely good at it. You want to see my cow? Should we just, should we just take a little rabbit trail for quick? No? Yes? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? We're actually, this is a bull. Cows have udders. I'm a bull. All right, here we go. free for your enjoyment. If I don't tie it back into the message, you just enjoy that as an isolated hole. Where are we? Yes. Yes. You've got to see the word of God as the word of God and you've got to, you got to enter in and believe it and receive it and apply it to your life. Don't just be a Christian that just comes and hears the word and doesn't change. Don't be somebody that lives according to the philosophies of man and vain deceit. Can you say hallelujah? You can. You can overcome. Settle down on the front row, you two. Actually, it's okay. Go ahead. It's all right. There you go. All right. Do we operate? Come on, concentrate. Come on, focus. Do we operate in the authority the Lord has given us? Are you operating the authority that God has given you? There's promises in this book, over 7,500 of them, they're yours. And the promises of God are the basis by which you pray. You take those promises and you wield the sword of the word. Sickness, you just take the head off that thing. Every opposition, every obstacle, if you'll get a hold of the word and believe it and receive it and declare it and proclaim it and don't stop until you see it manifest, you'll walk a victorious life. Some of you want to live like the spiritual athlete, victorious over every circumstances. I'm telling you, you can, but you throw in the towel too frequently. You quit right before the miracle comes or you don't stand on the word. Come on. And he'll bring it about. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm almost done. It's my first close. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds are mindsets, ways of thinking that are contrary to God's word. Let me say it again. A stronghold is a mindset, a set way of thinking that's contrary to what God's word says. So very simply, I'm a loser. Well, that's not true. You might feel like one. You might feel like you have a big L on your head. I'm a loser. Okay, but that's not what God's word says about you. That might be what you believe, but your perceptions and the tradition that you have of calling yourself a loser perpetuates that in your life because as a man thinks, so he is. But if you'll begin to understand and declare and proclaim 
and demand that your mind begins to conform to the truth of God's word, that you're not a loser, but you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you're not only uh, uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but, but you're a winner, and that you're God's ambassador. You're his minister of reconciliation. You're forgiven. You're the redeemed. You're healed. You're whole. On and on and on and on. And you have to set your mind on that truth instead of the truth that says you're a loser. And what you will begin to see is you'll begin to see your head rise. You'll begin to walk. And soon, you'll be like, mm, there you go. All right? And me be walking like a bull too. Or a cow, as the case may be. <laughs> Let me read to you a couple of scriptures. Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority in heaven and earth have been given me. Therefore, go make disciples. You have authority. Say it. I have authority. Matthew 16, 19, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, he's given us keys. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You have authority. You've got keys. You've got power. Revelation talks about they overcame him. You can overcome. He's given you his blood. He's given you the word of your testimony. That means that when you speak the word of your testimony, it releases power. Believe what God has said. Everybody say, believe what God has said exercise your authority exercise your authority use it some of you are in the wilderness and you think that the devil dropped you uh, that the god dropped you off in there to kill you if you're in the wilderness tonight it's so that you can learn to exercise your authority so your faith will grow so you can come out of that thing and just start taking the land it's not so to beat you up jesus was led into the wilderness by the spirit why so that he could exercise his authority over the enemy on the on the devil's home playing ground home turf advantage he beat him how? With the word. Exercise your authority in prayer. Listen to these. Matthew 7, if you can put them up and keep up with me. Mr. Mrs. Scripture person. If you can keep up with me, go for it. Here we go. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. Are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? If you're not, then you're not going to receive. The door's not going to open. You have authority in prayer. Use it. First John 5, 14. And this confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, if we ask what? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. First John 3, 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything. How many things? Anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give gifts to those who ask? Ask him. John 14, 14, you may, you may ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Well, that's a scripture. He hands you his bank card and says, go for it. He hands you an unlimited card and says, would you like to do some things? Yes, I would, Lord. Well, then just take the card. Now, that's according to his will. So you can't just be like, Harley, amen, all kinds of, uh, yeah. Persevere in obeying God. Persevere. Persevere. 
Everybody say persevere. It's an aspect of faith. If you haven't seen it come about, it doesn't mean that it's not going to. Just don't quit. And when God says it's true, it's true. And it'll come to pass. You just have to contend. You have to persevere. Don't quit. Listen, I've taught my kids, and and you can go ahead and take it home. This is bonus. I taught my kids that quitting is a four-letter curse word. I don't know anything about it. I don't don't know about quitting. I don't know how to quit. What are you going to quit to anyway? (laughs) Where are you going to go? What are you going to, I quit. To what? What What are you quitting to? You just head off to hell in a handbasket? Would that be a good plan? I quit. Some of you quit right before the miracle. Some of you quit right before the breakthrough. He said, I'm tired. Listen, you got to get full of the Holy Ghost. You got to get full of the Spirit. You got to get refreshed. You got to come to church. If you're weary and well-doing, come to the front, have hands laid on you, tell somebody, get some prayer, get a hold of, I'm guaranteeing you, Jesus isn't tired. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. And he knows how to refresh you. So if you get in a place where you can't see the forest from the trees and you want to quit, something's wrong. So pull the emergency alarm. Tell your small group later, oh, you don't have one. Talk to somebody you're connected in church. Oh, oh, you didn't connect with anybody? Connect with somebody. Build relationships. Come on, we pray for each other. We lay hands on each other, on our staff. We've been doing that since I got in the church. I've just said, I'm messed up. And they're like, I know. Let me pray for you. (laughs) Some of you just suffer all by yourself. That's not even a biblical model. Amen. Can you say amen? Persevere in obeying God. All right. I'm almost done. Be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Levites, would you come? (laughs) Authority doesn't come because you're cool or smart or educated. Listen to me now. Listen. The authority that God wants to release through you does not come because you're handsome or pretty. It doesn't, become, doesn't come because you're cool or smart or, you've, or you're educated. It comes out of a dynamic empowerment of the Holy Spirit and by believing on His Word. All we're doing is letting the Word do its work and standing until it comes to pass. You don't have to be smart at all. Can you say amen? Be humble. Sometimes the Lord... It begins to release faith, release the power of God through your faith. You can end up getting a little cocky. I have roosters. I have two roosters. Dude, those birds got attitude, man. And I, I, you know, cocky comes from a name for a rooster. And, And I really understand that. They're just like... I mean, they just think that they're like, they could take me or something. It's amazing. And his rooster sort of rushed me. I'm like, what? Pack, what do you think? And he's like, oh, oh. The power of God can, some of you know, some of you raise chickens, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's like, it's like an ant charging you or something. Listen, when the power of God starts manifesting through your life because you've gotten a hold of authority and you're submitting to structural authority, you're submitting to the authority of the Word, and you begin to persevere and contend and pray and ask and seek and knock, and you begin to see God's kingdom released. Don't get all 
all cocky. Don't get all thinking, oh, I'm all that. Let it bring humility because you were made from clay. And it's God manifesting himself through you, through us. So you, you just give him the glory. But you still have a choice. That's why I cannot stand the expression, it's all God. Because that's a bunch of bunk. Oh, you should see what I'm looking at, Pastor Ross, right now. I'm not trying to steal any glory from God, but you got to understand that you're made in His image. And it's not all God. You had to get your carcass up and come to life. You, yeah, and yeah, we give Him glory, but you have a free will. You chose to obey Him or disobey. So when you disobey in it, is it all God when it fails? Preacher preaching years ago, a young couple new to the church. They'd never been in a powerful service like that and they come to the preacher and they say, we just want to tell you we've been so impacted by the word of God and by the anointing that's on your life. And the preacher said, it's all God. It's all God. It's all God. And the young married couple, lady says, well, it wasn't that good, but it was good. I like that. (laughs) It's not all God because you have a choice. And God partners with us. He doesn't just do it sovereignly all by himself. He does do some things like that, but praise God. He wants to partner with you to release the kingdom of God in your life, to change your life. It's up to you according to your faith. And I know some things are, you know, it's just God sovereignly moving and taking care of things. Thank God for that. Thank God for his mercy. Thankful when we didn't pray and he protected us anyway. Thankful that he sits at the right hand of majesty and ever lives to make intercession for us. The sovereignty of God and the free will of man have been a, have been a big theological argument for forever. I think younger in my walk with the Lord, I would, I would yield more to the... the the free will of man but I will just as I get older I see God has intervened and I had nothing to do with it it seems it wasn't the prayer that I prayed or the thing that I did or how I believed or I fasted and I prayed and I believe in fasting I believe in praying I believe in asking I believe in seeking I believe in knocking but I mean how could you possibly just make a 16 acres come back to our church how do you do that you can't Oh, but God can. He can do miracles for you. Come on, stand up on your feet. He can release power through you, to you. He can change what needs to be changed. He can heal what needs to be healed. He's God all by himself, but he partners with you. He partners with me. How are you doing in your authority? Do you believe the word of God is the word of God? If you don't, it's only because you've not had the discipline to educate yourself to really prove that it is or it isn't. And when you go ahead and do that, you will come out with a dynamic faith that will not be moved by every wind of doctrine. You'll have a dynamic faith that's not tossed to and fro like every wave of the sea. You'll find that God is God and His Word is true. Let every man be a liar and you'll begin to walk in a dynamic of authority and power that will change our state, that will change our nation, that will change your life, change your family, change your marriage change your auntie change your uncle change your cousins change your finances change everything about you and the world in which we live will you seek God and make a decision 
to yield to his authority. Get rid of the strongholds and the perceptions that try to shut down the power of God. Come on, lift your hands to the air and call on his name. We did this on, on that, that Sunday, just, just a week ago in the morning. Make this declaration. Say this. I'm under authority. I have authority. God wants to use me. Faith will be released in my life. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm under authority. I have authority. God wants to use me. Faith will be released in my life. One more time with everything you got. Are you ready? I'm under authority. I have authority. God wants to use me. Faith is being released in my life. If you believe that, say amen and put your best hand clap together for God. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, if you died, God forbid this is your last night in the earth, would you go to heaven? Would you? I hope so is the wrong answer. You can know. You can have a confidence. If you died tonight, would you go to heaven? Have you ever repented? If you asked Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior, unashamed, unabashed, It'll just be you standing before the throne of God's judgment in the end. And if you're not covered with the precious blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus, then your sins remain. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. You can surrender your body to the flames and it'll make no difference whatsoever. The only thing that makes you white, the only thing that cleanses you, even as Isaiah said, though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them as white as wool. He goes on to say, though your sins be like crimson, I'll wash them and make them as white as snow. He does that through his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Thank God you don't have to shed yours. If you did, it wouldn't make a difference. There's no more sacrifice that can be done. No lambs that can be killed. It's been finished. The final work, the last Adam, as the scripture says, has come. And he took the sin, your sin, my sin, placed it upon himself. And when he died and his shed his spotless blood, it covers over us by faith. And in fact, washes you and cleanses you and translates you as you believe and repent translate you out of darkness into the kingdom of his son into the kingdom of life that is the only way you can get to heaven it's the only way that you can walk in freedom it's the only way that you can walk in this earth and have joy and life and life to the full and life more abundantly there is nothing that'll satisfy you no not one thing no money no relationship nothing nothing will fill that place in your life but jesus try 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 as you might it will not work surrender to Christ. Surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ tonight. Don't wait. He said, I'm not ready. You'll never be ready. The enemy will make sure you're never ready. Nobody moving around. If that's you and you need to get right with God, I'm, I'm, I'm serious tonight. Somebody needs to get right with Jesus.
And if that's you, you've never done that, then I charge you, I invite you, I plead with you, get right with Christ, get right with Jesus. For the first time, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands if it's the first time. If it's a recommitment because you've drifted and maybe you gave your life to the Lord years gone by. Or maybe even a few weeks ago, but you know you're compromised. And you need to sell out. You need to come home. I want you to lift your hand also. The count of three. Lift your hand. If On the count of three, lift your hand if you want to get right with Jesus for the first time. Or you want to make a recommitment to him on the count of three. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. Without thinking about it, run to the front. Quickly, meet me right here. Come on. Come, 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 come. Don't let your head get involved. Quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly come. Come right now. Don't stop. People are coming from all across the church. Come on. Come. Come. Why? Listen to me. Jesus said this. It's beautiful. Jesus said this, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. If you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Listen, according to that scripture and many others, we just believe that if you can't make a declaration before a bunch of people that love him, there is no way you're going to be able to live for him out there. Come on. Come. Come to Jesus. If you need to be up here, come. Come on, just come. If you need to come, you come tonight. Just a few more moments, we'll wait for you. You lifted your hand, or you didn't. Come on, come. next to you and ask them are you right with God if they're like uh, 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 then say come on I'll go down with you come on there's no shame here don't let shame keep you back go ahead activate the evangelist ask him right now come on get to work y'all come on talk to somebody come on sing it again
Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get saved. We're going to give our lives to Jesus right now. Keith, come on up here and help us out. I want all my leaders to come up here. Come, 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 come. Come surround these. It's, it's, it's important. We're going to love all these people. Now, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. It's really simple. It's really easy. Isn't that right, Mike? Minister Mike? It's very simple. The prayer is just, it's basically before I lead you in it, here's what it means. It means that you believe that, that God, the Father, sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. To die on a cross for you. And you not only believe that, but you believe He rose again from the grave for you. And you're going to make that declaration, and then you're going to ask Him to forgive you. For what? For everything you've ever done wrong. And for me, that was a whole lot of stuff. The truth is, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. Everyone has fallen short. Everyone? Everyone. And you're going to repent. You're going to ask Him to forgive you. You're going to ask Him to come into your life. Amen? Are you ready? Come on, pray right out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for dying in my... Pardon me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I'll lift your hands all across this place. The Holy Spirit, touch. Break every bondage. Break every curse. Heal the brokenhearted. Release your healing. Release your healing. Touch. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, touch right now. Lord, touch right now. Touch. Heal. Holy Spirit. a mighty, mighty revival among the native Alaskans. There's an awakening that's happening. There's awakening that's happening. Shame is being broken off. And God is going to raise up mighty ones right from native Alaskans. He's doing that. It's not going to be some man that's brought in. It's not going to be a, a new Chachaco. It's going to be God's people rising of every nationality and ethnic background, but I see God's hand mightily upon him. It's healing you, sweetheart. Now here's what we're going to do. If you could help them stand up. Every eyeball right here. Look at me right here. Pastor Alex, would you come to the platform just very quickly? This is Pastor Alex. He's not only our youth pastor, but he's over KSM King School of Ministry, and he's a great man. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all y'all that came up. We're going to take just a few minutes of your time. 
follow him and the team right through those double doors. We'll let you back in this service here in just a second. Just going to take a few minutes. Go ahead. Just turn around. Go ahead and turn around and uh, go that way. Leaders, y'all, go with them now. Come on, just follow them all out. Congregation, put your hands together for what God's doing right here. Come on, just follow them out. Go ahead. If you were up front, just follow on out. We're just going to give you something. We're going to help you. We're going to pray for you. Help you grow into the things of God. Come on, put your best hand clap together. Come on, put your best hand clap together. Come on, put your hands together. Say hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. Oh, somebody got saved. Somebody got saved. Somebody got saved. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> The Holy Spirit, come. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Thank you, Jesus. Do you remember when you answered the call? Do you? Come on, just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, God, for these tonight, as they're out there being ministered to, that they would fulfill the call of God. They would answer, Lord. They would be healed. They'd enter into fellowship and enter into growing in the knowledge of God. Jesus, come on, lay hands on your own heart right now. Examine yourself before we close tonight. Just a few moments longer, service is over. Examine yourself. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. You don't want to be rebellious with the Lord. Don't, don't do that. He's patient, long-suffering, and kind and gentle. Don't ask God to reveal. We pray this almost every morning in morning prayer. We ask God, God, reveal anything. If there's any evil in me, God, would you show me? If there's any way of thinking that's contrary to your word, if I have a stronghold or a philosophy, if I have any vain deceit, if I have any traditions that I'm holding to that are nullifying your word, God, will you show me that right now? Would you show that to me in my quiet time? Would you show that to me? Lord, so that I can deal with it, so that I can repent, so that I can tear it down. Come on, ask God to show you. Come on, some of you are mean as a badger and you know it. And the reason is you've got bitterness and you need to get healed. You need to forgive the mom, the dad, the situation, the circumstances, the government. You need to forgive them. Come on, examine your heart just a moment longer.
back in that should be just about done, I want you to holler and shout. All right? You get them ready at the door there. Bring them all back in here in a minute, all as a group. Mine. Are you ready? Come on, how many of you just freaked out when you saw your first baby? Like that. They're wrapping it up. All right. We'll just worship Jesus just a little bit along. So they're wrapping it up. Good. Wrap them up and bring them all in as a group. Line them up at the door. Close the doors, please. I'm going to do something special. I feel directed by the Holy Ghost. Line them all up at the door and just hold on just a second. Leaders, as well as those who answered the call. Leaders, you can stay with them out there. Just stay with them. Line up at the door. Amen. Hallelujah. On somebody stand with them so they don't feel shut out. Just hold on. We're going to bring them in in a second. Hey, when they come in, hold on.
Every curse is broken, every sin is gone. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. He saved you and me. He healed you and me. Every sin is gone. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Sometimes the Lord shows me stuff, and we're going to close. I know I've pushed and stretched. What a powerful service we've had tonight. Sometimes he shows me things, and sweetheart, he has shown me something for you. And uh, I just want to share it with you, all right? Aren't you beautiful? Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for this precious daughter of yours. Truth be told, you've been crying out to God for quite a while. And he heard your prayers. I see you even sitting on the edge of your bed and saying, God, I just can't take it. Not one more time. We just can't take it, God. And God heard your cry. And he knit you in such a way and brought you to such a place for such a time as this. And the promise of God to you is this, that heartache and pain you will know no more. And you will rise in a new dimension of faith and healing. And even as you look back, should you take the hand of the Lord and continue to press in, you will look back on this time and absolutely stand in amazement of what God's going to do. It is going to be awesome and mighty. Put your hand on your heart, Kedron, you help me. Put your hand on your heart, Shemite. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit. at 7 o'clock. The youth will be upstairs having revival. Children will be upstairs too, right after worship. Next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, 11 a.m. at the Sports Complex. Can you say yes? At the Menard Sports Complex. What time? 11. There's lots of room to help, all right? So you plug in, be a part of that. What time is our meeting, Pastor Alex, Minister Micah, Saturday? What time? Saturday, 4 o'clock. You want to help? Show up here Saturday at 4. Doing some setup and going through some things. going to be great. Sunday, 11 a.m. We'll be here Sunday night. One week from tonight, we will be back here having church Sunday night on Easter. You're hanging with your family, eating the rack of lamb. Go for it. Have a great time. But we're going to have church. So if you want to come, we'll be here. It's going to be great. Wednesday night, this Wednesday, April 1st. Everybody say April 1st. Okay, Ruth Ann the Crosby, a Hebrew teacher, is going to be here. She's going to be teaching and preaching on Passover. I'm telling you, it is going to be absolutely amazing. Don't miss Wednesday night right here in the sanctuary with Ruth Ann. Let's close in prayer. Pastor Alex, would you come and do us a prayer? The privilege, please. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that's happened tonight. God, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Oh, we look to you, the author and the finisher. 
We thank you, Lord. We walk out of this room a different person. God, full of faith, knowing that you're going to use us. Knowing that, Lord, according to our faith, it'll be done unto us. And, Lord, as we go, Lord, give us divine appointments. Give us people. Put people in our path that we can speak life into them. We thank you, God, for all that you're going to do. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious and then keep them and give them peace. In the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.